You're listening to Cinema Red Pill. I'm Sharon, and today I'm doing an interview with a filmmaker, Chizito Samuel Savior, who is an all-round filmmaker. Actually, you don't want to do that part of the intro because I know you do so much. Yeah. So I think I would not be able to point out everything that you do. All right. So help me and tell the people what you do. Okay. Um. Well. Uh. First of all, I want to say. Uh, Thank you to the listeners for following the Cinema Red Pill yeah, channel. Yeah. I am Zizio uh, Samoa Savior. I'm a filmmaker, Ugandan filmmaker. I, uh, I major in three things. That is producing, writing, and directing. Okay. Yeah. Then okay. there are other skills I possess. Great. Yeah. Uh, that is uh, editing, film editing. Um, I do script uh mentoring of people yeah i do photography and cinematography yeah and um i also do uh production design but not practically yeah i advise where applicable i uh i literally uh, mentor people in all fields of film besides sound design because sound design is something i don't do and i don't think i'll ever do yeah. Okay. So today I think we'll talk majorly about those three which you pointed out you do yeah. majorly. The producing, the directing and the writing. Yeah. Which I'm sure okay, I'm hundred and ten percent sure I've seen you do those three yeah. in your film, in other films. Mm-hmm. But I want to first ask which one do you, is there one you prefer to do? Uh well I would say uh I'm more of a passionate writer. Like writing is could be my strongest thing, but uh, directing is becoming another because I started off uh, in the industry when all I wanted to do was to produce and write. I didn't want to be a director. Okay. Never. I even told my friends that I never want to be a director in my life. But then uh, luck brought it up and I became one. And now, uh, from my first film as a director, I've gotten like four other three to four other productions I've directed so far that are coming out this year, some are coming out next year, and uh, for what I've learned, what I've done, uh, what I'm still doing, it's something I'm liking more because I get to artistically tell what I write sometimes, or what other people write. It's beautiful to turn uh, a film from scripts to, a, to a, an actual film. You find it easy? It's not easy, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, very it's interesting. Very Imagine interesting. you read something and then you translate that into a screen and then you watch it after and you're like, wow, I did The process this. is amazing. Yeah, right? it's amazing. It's tiresome though, because mm. you work with a, a, a team of people. It could yeah. be 5, 10, 15, 20 or 100 uh, to put this business together. But the whole teamwork. The beauty, the beauty about being a director is... Uh, Okay, you have to be robust about all these things that are going to happen outside. Because ah. you're, you're more of the final approval of all artistic uh, implementations in the story. I know that's so, all about directors. Exactly. So you have to, me, they want to make the decision of which costume, which makeup, which shorts, which acting, which blocking, which what. So it becomes more of uh, all these people work with you and uh, you do the direction of what you really want to see. So uh, 
putting your head together to literally interpret this scene or the story or this what into visual is very interesting because when you watch the film and then you remember how you were doing it on set with yeah. other people, you feel proud of the entire thing. I know. It's very interesting. That's really good. So before we go on talking about this, uh, you said you did work as a director. Is Bunjako the film that was your first work as a director? Exactly. So I have to point out, you're the first future film Ugandan person I've had on the podcast. Yeah. And it did really well because it, a lot of noise was made for it. Did you consider it to have done really well? Uh, the film? Yes. First of all, I'm proud of that art piece because... Uh, okay, I, I don't want to say that I didn't expect what we did because we worked so hard for it. We knew what we were working hard for. But uh, what impressed me was uh, okay, we spent all these days in the forest trying to put these things together. And uh, we successfully did it. And then, to my surprise, uh, I did it with the intention of making the audience love the movie. Because it was a horror film and people would expect to be scared to their maximum. But I wanted to make it more easier for them than just scaring them, but to have something to learn at the same time, have fun about. So uh, when I was in the theater, the premiere, and actually the two screenings we had, uh, and I could uh, hear people uh, laugh, freak out, clap, and, you know, make all the noise in enjoyment of the film. It made uh, me feel really, really great. Like, I was so happy. You know, it's very interesting when you sit and you're watching your film and people are laughing or reacting to it. Yeah, then people watching your film and they're just quiet and numb and just goes on like that. So, And then at the end, people will be like, yeah, my money was, was worth it. Uh, the movie was interesting. Why can I get a copy and all that? So it took us like a full year to literally have copies out. And when the copies came out, people were buying like crazy. Where were they buying them from? Now, right now, people can find the copies of Bonjako from all libraries of Uganda. They just go ask for the movie. If that person doesn't have the movie, they'll look for it and get it for you. Because it's uh, majorly uh, in town, Majestic Plaza, Zaid Plaza. Mm. But thank God there is a, a dis- distributors uh, called the Afro Cinema who are handling distribution starting as, as actually they started in uh, at first, on 1st May. So uh, How are they handling that distribution? They are getting different movies and then making thousands of copies and then selling them around in different regions Where of Uganda. Where are these people? I really want that. I need an outlet for this that's not strictly the theatre. Okay. Um, they are found at Namaganda Plaza, 4th Flow, Shop, Ara. So I can go there and have a wide variety of Ugandan-made films Exactly, yeah. Because they have movies in their stock that are waiting to be released. Mm, okay. Yeah. Now let's first backtrack into... I want to know how you started out, how you, uh, how you found yourself in the industry yeah. and where you were before yeah. that. Okay, uh, the story is uh, very funny. I never want to share this, but uh, <laughs> okay, I can share it. Now I can. Yeah, yeah. you should. I was uh, home, I think, then I saw an ad uh, about some company was looking for actors and all that. So I went there, I joined the team. Just uh, I, I knew nothing. I just looked at people doing things, and I looked at the director's script, and it really impressed me the way it looked. So I wanted to have something of the same, but I never knew how. So I just stayed there, and uh, as time went on, you know, by those days you could 
rehearsed a movie for months and we never showed it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was there and all the time I was there, I think it was just a few months and they never showed. Okay, we went to, to set and we showed some things, but it never got completed. Okay. But it was short, yeah, some things that were done. And I was literally an actor there. Then, uh, luckily enough, I found someone there, an actor and producer, who uh, took me to uh, National Theatre, mm. where I found other filmmakers who were, who were about the dream I was really chasing, because uh, I want the best things. Yeah. So when I came, I saw these guys, saw their movies, and I'm like, wow, these guys are. You know, they have done it all. Did you want the best in movies or just the best of something? Something. Okay. Yeah, not just movies. So when I came, I looked at, uh, I, I looked at these people and they were well organized and they had the movies. They had the movies done. They were talked about everywhere around the premises. And I was like, okay, yeah. I didn't want to be like them. I wanted to be better than them. Okay. Yeah. So I looked out for <laughs> who are the best people in the industry. I made my research. So I looked at who the best are. Who were those best? I, I, I wouldn't mention, but uh, <laughs> by the moment I came, I think uh, people are, we, we've, we had heard much about uh, filmmakers like Matt Beach, uh, Ziwa Aronelon, yes, uh, Giant Maru, like uh, Kihiro Kennedy. I think Kihiro Kennedy was, was my favorite because um, I, before I met him, I used to watch his trailers on YouTube, and I was like, I'll, in my mind, all I was saying to myself was, none of these actors are good or what, I would say this guy must be a good director. Uh, By what I saw, I could be okay. like, this movie must have had a good director. I could just feel like you it was. Feel, you could tell that the yeah. style was different. So all my life, I wanted to actually meet this guy, Kiro Kennedy, because I liked what I saw from the trailers, okay. more than these other people. So um, when I learned who these best people are, I tried to, to be there to, be, to see whether I can meet any of them or what. But uh, I was never the kind who would say I want to be like you or what. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not like you adored them to that level. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I was there then I uh, luckily enough I started to learn writing but my, by myself. I, I was self-taught. So uh, I made my research, read different scripts, watched movies, what, what, learned a few things here and there because uh, I wasn't the type who would ask people to teach me stuff. Okay. I wanted to always do things my own way. So okay. I learned. I learned how to write and uh, I was somewhere with some team of people, some company which I became a friend with. And then um, these guys were more like, when we went somewhere to get equipment, they were introducing themselves and then they asked them, who is that guy? And all they said was, this is our producer. And I didn't know what a producer was mm. by then. So it's, it really got stuck in my brain and I had to learn about it. Okay. So when I learned about what a producer really is and what they do, I liked what they did because I realized the producer does a lot of work and I wanted to do a lot of work. So I learned how a producer has to be, so I learned how to be a producer. Could you describe for me what it is and what it involves to do to be a producer? Being a producer, a producer is more like the president of the film. Okay. Uh, it's more like the mother of the film. Okay. 
uh, he gets the movie let me say it's more like uh, he gets the, uh, the concept or he either makes his own concept or buys a concept think of this yes by the concept because yeah. I know you've done that trio by yeah. yourself exactly you've so bought a concept uh-huh. buy the concept uh, get a writer you may buy a concept and the script at the same time Okay. Sometimes you, you may get a concept, then get a writer. Mm-hmm. Then if you're getting a writer, you look at how the script is, blah, blah, blah. If it's a commercial film, you look for a funder. Yeah, if it's uh, a commercial but more of your own hustle kind of film, you look for how much money you have in your pockets or how many friends you have that can give you their money to literally do your film. So you collect the funds if you can at the moment all the resources you need then get all these teams together from the director production manager actors blah 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 the producer makes everything possible like it's more of the person without a producer a project can hardly run because everything they need they request from the producer so he put he makes the situation safe for everyone to run he has to provide all the conditions needed to run the film, the production itself. Yeah, I like that description. So that's, that's how they operate. So when I learned that this guy is the one who, is, who holds the whole burden of the project, I was like, this is what I want to be. Okay. I didn't know how tough it was. Mm. Yeah, until, I, until someone brought it, me a project for the first time. And I did and it. And you had to produce it. And I, I had to produce it. And luckily enough, by the time he came, I had learned pretty much stuff and uh, we successfully ran the project uh, and that project is coming this year oh yeah the first one so that first one you're talking about which puts the question what was your real breakthrough into it because you've spoken about how you were talking to people about producing yeah. and then you began to learn to write yeah. you were meeting people around Forming your ecosystem of film-related yeah. people, but when did you hit in and real breakthrough? Breakthrough. What okay. caused that? This is how things came. Uh, okay, when I was a writer, I could write uh, short stories for producers. There was a producer called Gerard Namanya Gerard. This is, uh, I know that Namanya yeah, he's my favorite producer. Oh, yes. okay. He produced my first scripts, and he's still producing more and more and more, and keeps on demanding for more. Okay. Even after now, I have to make one for him. Okay. But yeah, but uh, besides him giving me the opportunity, I also worked with Aaron Zua Aaron when he cast me in his Wako movie. My God, your career is like yesterday because all these people you're talking about, I know of so well. Yeah. These films you're talking about, and by the time you're saying that first project is coming out, yeah, next, like next, next month. Yeah, yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. Huh? This, so this is how I came yeah. to really come up. Hey. So I, uh, I, I was before I joined film. I was a marketing kind of person. I used to do advertisements as well, basically online. So. Uh, blogging. Not blogging. I was just uh, a guy who would sell anything okay. online. I would market and sell anything. Online. So uh, when I joined film, I I was uh, I was a hacker before. Really? So yeah, that's why I could actually do well with the internet and all that, hey. make all these sales, blah blah blah. blah. Okay. So when I joined film, I just said to my hacking world and fans and what. Mm. I'm born. 
I switched to film. Okay. I forgot the entire world of hacking, marketing, other stuff, and blah blah blah. So I looked at how can I implement my skill into film. And by the time I came, uh, in my understanding, there wasn't so much noise about film. Yeah. There wasn't so much noise about film. So I was like, let me also start up something. So I could only talk about film on Facebook, and mm-hmm. that's all I, w- I would do. Like. I know this is happening here, there is a filmmaker NBC, auditions are here and there, so I kept on talking about them. And then there, there was a moment when my producer, Nemanja Gerard, with another filmmaker called uh, Nego Paul and another one called Emrush, they told me, uh, you guys, you can really write good articles on Facebook, why don't you start up a blog? Because all this data you write on Facebook goes and it never comes back. Because it goes down on your newsfeed, really down, you can't even get it. And it made sense, but I was afraid because I knew people could access zero Facebook and not access a blog. So I told them, but you guys, you have no idea. It might fail the work. I didn't even know how to blog because I didn't study uh, literature that much. Uh, I didn't study writing. I didn't even study journalism or something. So I had no idea of how it works. But like, you know, I'm a self-taught person, so I knew I would learn how to do it. Okay. So I first made research. What are the possibilities that I'm going to fail or win? So I knew my risks and my uh, uh, benefits. So uh, I looked at, uh, I made a lot of research, and then until I, I watched some video from one of the best bloggers in the world, I don't even remember his name, but the guy was like, as I was asking myself, how does a blog look like? Because yeah. I hadn't even looked at one. I wasn't such a person who reads a lot of things. Because I'm, I'm a bad reader. So, when I watched the video, he was like, you're making a blog, you don't have to be having a lot of science. Yeah. Speak as if you're speaking to your friend. Mm. I'm like, okay. I just have to make my friend. Like, okay, that's fine. I was a scriptwriter. So what I did, I made my scriptwriting knowledge into, into my articles. And uh, I would want to make the person reading see what I'm telling them. But not just reading good grammatical stuff, but making them enjoy and watch what I'm telling them before they even see anything. But even without a picture, you can literally see what I'm talking about. Okay. That's what I learned to do. So I could sit on my laptop at home or anywhere. I sit for some time. I can't, like I used to type very fast, so I could type a lot of a very long article, three pages or more about something so I started from there kept on talking about different productions here and there different films advertising them I kept on moving around so uh, the more I did that people could started to follow they the started following the you and uh, they could literally wa- wonder who Samo Sevia was mm-hmm. and as I was doing that I was also criticizing films and I was uh, I should say, by then I didn't notice I was harsh, <laughs> but now when I read these things again, yeah. I'm like, what? Did I say these things when I was... Then, like, yeah. it was literally brutal when I was criticizing the film. Like, you could not want me to criticize the movie because I would, I would not even be so polite when I'm criticizing it. So, I, I was rough whenever I was doing that. And then, I wasn't rough for the sake of being rough, but... I was genuinely rough. And people would, would I think, enjoy that. 
Yeah, so uh, they kept on reading and they were like, I think because it was honest. Yeah, like I'm waiting, we are waiting for more, for more, for whenever a movie screen or a series premiered on TV or uh, a premiere happened or an event of film happened, yeah. they would be like, I'm waiting for someone to review about this. Because I would, I used to be the guy who delivers you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. So I could go through all that stuff. Yeah, and the moment something is very ugly, it will be really sorry. That would really make it feel bad. So, I think uh, the blog was the breakthrough. That's interesting. Yeah, because it's through that that people were like, who the heck is this guy? Because there, I had, I had no productions. Yeah. I was more of a writer who was writing short stories for people. Yeah. I could I could write features, but I think the producers couldn't produce them. So by then, people were like, "This guy should make a movie, so we can really see what he does, what he's talking about." But I, I wasn't making any, so I could be like, you "Don't have to be a filmmaker to actually talk shit about the film." So I would de- de- gladly do anything. I talked about all the. I think the the most beautiful thing was I think it was the hostel, the hostel series, the Serenity one. I think it was the. It was the only thing I I feel sorry for for all I said about it because for bashing it. Yeah, it was yeah. really. Um, you felt you were too harsh. Mm-hmm. Or did your opinion change? I wasn't. It? I wasn't too harsh, but I was being realistically uh, angry, basing on what we saw from others. Yeah, but sorry to those people it hurt, but <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah, I I don't regret whoever I criticized. What about the thieves, producers? I meet them, but that was real honest. Uh, other productions I talked about, Deception, uh, all the round productions that were happening then before I, 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 I paused the blog from running. So uh, the more I talked about those things, the more people followed. I had my biggest audience was from the, the West, I mean, the USA. Style. Mm. That was the biggest audience. Then Uganda, I think Uganda was third. Europe was second. America was first. Uganda was third. Then I had more than 35 countries from Africa and other places of the world. So I had like uh, thousands of followers okay. every week or every month. So people were ready for they were reading. I don't know what was really fun, but <laughs> yeah. But someone people could tell me that uh, the blogs were interesting to read articles were very nice and all that and even up to now I still get notifications that someone is following your blog, someone is following your blog and I'm like oh my god I think I should bring this thing back <laughs> yeah, but I'm, you know I'm outside so it's from there that uh, of course I could say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a writer this and that so people wanted to try to work with me okay. because the way I would criticize was I think artistic so they thought I had some brains Okay. That's when the producer Bunjako called me, and he was like, Your first feature film." Yeah, that's how that they called you from that. reading your blog. Yeah, you know, I was having this whole noise of film club. Oh yeah. yes. And you know, I had film club behind me. I had my blog behind me. I had all this noise I was making, and you know, I'm a filmmaker who does not discriminate. Like I support every film every filmmaker wholeheartedly the same way 
So it was anyone who could not say I'm hating a certain kind of people or group or whatever. I would trash anyone the same way. I would support anyone the same way. If anyone had an event, I would not even ask them for money or something. I would just promote that event. Yeah. Even if I don't even know them. Yeah. I would do that. So I think people liked me for that. But I was non-sided at any point. I was film club person, but I wasn't only talking about film club stuff, other stuff. And to make matters worse, my blog never had my work. Okay. It was other people's works. I would not talk much about mine. I just drop it an ad. Yeah, I'm having a movie coming out this way. That's all. But I wouldn't talk much about my work. Okay. Because uh, I didn't want to be silent. If I was talking about it in my work, it was going to be like, oh, this guy is just promoting himself. But I was doing it for the industry. It was a blog for the industry. And it's still a blog for the industry. That uh, all the info that is there, people don't have it. The articles I have, like the article of Balabala, the movie, it's my favorite film, one of my favorite films. I've seen it. The data I have on my blog about the movie, they don't have it themselves. I think I have full information about the movie and how it was made and when, all the stuff that was talked about the movie. If you look at all the blogs around, I'm the one who has all the information. The Abilitalized Saga, I have a huge article about that. Yes, I got some other things I would want to write about it, but yeah, it ended, so it's not a big deal. Wow. Yeah. So let's now talk about the film you ended up doing, Bunjako. Yeah. So, so the director, the producer, calls you. me. Yeah, mm-hmm. calls me. Uh, that was 2015, uh, October, mm-hmm. after the KCCA carnival. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, he calls me. And then, okay, he had called me months earlier because he called me the first time. We were talking about me doing a film magazine and all that. So he was like, uh, Sam, I've, I've been spying on you for six months before I called you to actually work with you. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Someone was following what I do. And then I was like, I want us to work together in one way or another. I'm like, yeah, fine. But I wasn't so much of interest in it. So I got connection. Then after like six or eight months later, we met again. And then I had wrote more other stories. When he called me, uh, he told me about the story. There were other film people there, my best friend, Misha Kalema. So uh, he calls me and then we meet at his studios, which were that time, Salama. He tells me about the story, it was a Monday. So he told me this story, I'm like, what I told him was, okay, it's an interesting story. I think I'll have the scripts ready for you. I was a writer. You know, he told you the story of Bunjako. Yeah, he told me the Could story. Could you talk about the story of Bunjako, by the way? Yeah. Exactly. So describe it, you'll describe it better. So he, <laughs> he told me the story about this uh, guy, uh, a police guy who had a daughter, uh, who wanted to go for a camp trip and then he really didn't want the daughter to go. The daughter didn't uh, accept whatever the girl was saying and then she went. Then she got problems, there were cannibals in the forest, there was a ghost in the forest that was killing people, blah blah blah. Which possessed an Indian girl who was with them. It was more of a, you know, like the concept. Yeah. Someone just narrates you something. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So I had to create the whole characters. The scenarios, the dialogue, and all that. That was mine. He had uh, specific scenarios he wants to see. Like a producer can call you, literally, and he tells you the concept he has, then 
He tells you the things he wants to look at and film, the things he wants to see. Then you go and you base on what he wants to see, and then what you've had and what you know, and the research you can make, then you write. Okay. So all I told him was, I'll have that script ready on Sunday. I told and him, you met him on what day? I told I met him on Monday. Then I told him on Saturday I will have you. I, on Saturday I will have your script. On the Saturday in the coming week. No, that same week. That same week. Yeah. And did you have it by then? I, I wasn't sure that I was gonna do it, mm. but I told him I didn't want to make him lose because he wanted he wanted it really really fast. So I told him I think by Saturday I will have a first draft. But I didn't know if I was gonna do it. So I went. Tuesday I didn't write anything. I was just there reading stuff, maybe doing some research unknowingly. <laughs> yeah, I was unknowingly because I wasn't trying to make, make any research, but I was watching and reading things about the life you wanted in the story. Then uh, on Wednesday I started writing. I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. I think I could read like 40 or 40, 30 pages a day. You then, write 40 or 30 pages a day? Yeah, of the script. Because me, the way I write, Actual scene is written, the characters are very dialogue is there, everything is assembled. Wow, do you do any research before you write? I do sometimes. Mm. Sometimes I do. Sometimes uh, there are moments when what I'm to write about I've done research about it. Before before. Okay. Like I know the world. Then I don't mm. do research. If I don't know much about the world I do research much. Mm. So it's more like when they want me to tell a story about my daily life, I wouldn't research about that. Yeah, not quite. I would just go, first make a first draft, then I, I revise that, I make more research, I make some matters. That, that's true. Yeah. So you did have that first draft by Saturday? I, on Saturday I had around 70 pages. Then I told him, I'm busy at some family gathering, but I will see you tomorrow, on Sunday. Then that Saturday I had to write. Even Sunday morning I wrote up to like midday. But if he called me at around 10 and was like, yeah, man, it's Sunday, are you coming? I'm like, yes, I'm on my way. But I was still home. So by midday, I finished page 90 of the script. I rushed, well-written script. I rushed, got into the car, went to his studios. I gave him the draft. He read through. He loved it and he wanted just to add two scenes to the story. But he wanted to see that I didn't include then I added the two scenes. How different is that script from what the film became? Uh, I think, you, I think the difference is at the end. I have to ask you about the end, mm. by the way. Who made that decision to have the ending like that? The And what I'm meaning at the end is yeah. the absolute end, the absolute end. I'm going to say it if you want me to. Yeah. The end where you show there will be another part. Actually, that's yeah. okay to say. Because mm. the end now sets up for yeah. another film. Yeah. Oh, that's Is that the ending we're talking about? No, the ending wasn't like that of the script. Yeah. The ending was re literally resolving everything and ending the story. Yes. That was your original, what it you ending. had originally. Yeah. But what happened was, yes. you know, problems come on set and the last day we had, we couldn't really finish all the scenes. Okay. So we left out around eight scenes, and uh, so we had to cut it from there. Okay. Yeah, we had to cut it from there. Like, all now then after the, the the last scene of the film, there are eight more scenes that were ending the story. Uh, 
But if since we couldn't shoot them, we're like, let's end it there. If people like this movie, we'll make part. Mm. That was the idea, and we are going to make part. But uh, when he gave me when I gave him the script, he loved it. So he read it, and that first week, we uh, we finalized the script. And in mid uh, October, we called for auditions. October 2015, people came. All the people that came got the roles. Actually, all Two the people that came for the auditions. There were few. There were around 25. Hey. 25 people came, and we chased out only two. And all the other 23 got the role. All the actors you see there, they are the, as they came for auditions because it wasn't more of a noisy audition. It's those who want, who, those who feel like they want to try out something, come. And then people came. So we uh, we finished casting. Bender Booking was there. Bender was there. So okay. he, he's my friend. You know, but he wasn't in the movie. He wasn't in the movie. He was the acting coach. Yeah, and then uh, we did the casting together so he could train these actors. Because 70% of the actors of Kunjako were new, fresh actors. So it was a blessing that they had training for around two or three weeks. Then. Uh, because we started our re- rehearsals in November, first November I think. Then uh, by the last week of November we were done. Then we finalized the locations and all that, got everything set. We didn't have a big crew. We had a big crew. Uh, we had a crew around uh, five to seven people. So you filmed for how many days? We shot from first December okay. to uh, from first to fourteenth. Then we broke up for Christmas holiday. Then we, we, we resumed on 27th December to 31st December. That's, that's how we should. So we had the first two weeks. Now the first week was doing all these since before the forest. Mm. The, then the second week was the forest. Where did you film? What forest were you in? We first shot in Bunjako Forest. The actual Bunjako Forest. Exactly. Okay. Where are those things really happen? Yeah, you say you note that it's based on a true story. Exactly, where those things would happen, but we didn't know by then. <laughs> Producer didn't tell us that those things happened we in the told same you forest after the shooting because we wouldn't be comfortable if it told us. Okay. So we shot. We spent seven days amidst the forest, camping there, day and night shooting. Then uh, we broke off. Then the last forest we did, since we did them in uh, Atikaz, Savara. Okay. That's where we went from 27 to 31st for around three four days. Then the shooting got done. Yeah, we had a very, to me it was a very interesting moment. It was weird that people don't, didn't get scared to be in the forest late night. And no one was having fears. We were all as if we were at a, a certain beach having fun. That's how it was. It was a very fun moment. Yeah, besides people getting hungry, tired and all that, getting injured because they were, used, they were running through bushes, trees and here. But it was very interesting. Now, this is how I became a director of Bunjako. When I wrote the script, I gave it to this guy, Naguma Tobat, the producer. He told me, Sam, look for a director you trust for this script. I don't know these people. You know the uptown people very well. Look for a best director you can trust. I failed to find one. That's the truth. You just couldn't find someone. Who I could trust the okay. script because uh, people weren't as crazy as the story. You understand, like it was some other weird thing. So later, after he was like, oh, "But sir, 
Can't you direct this one? I told you not, we're gonna direct it. Like, but can't you, if you can write this thing, at least you can direct it. And I remembered some words that uh, some film consultant, Julius Julio, told me that because uh, he used to find me at the theater every day. And I was writing every day. And then he was like, I see you here every day you're writing. Who do you work for? I'm like, I work alone. I just get people, they hire me, I do things. Then he told me, uh, since the passion is about writing, you should write as you also learn directing because it's better if you can write and direct. I told him, okay, I'll give it a shot. But I didn't take it as a serious thing. I think he was just concerned because every day, every night he could pass by at theater, he would actually find me writing. And I, I used to be alone. So uh, I remember his words were well, like, okay, maybe it's worth a shot. But I didn't know directing yet. Yeah. Okay, I think I knew, but I didn't know that I knew. Okay. So uh, the challenge was, uh, I had never been on set to direct a film. I've been with directors and all that. I knew what they were doing. You had never been on set before your own film? To direct a film. Eh, but you'd be on set as an actor. As an actor or as a writer. Actor, what things writing. being done. So okay. it was another challenge. But I think I was ready for it. But I didn't know I was ready. I equipped myself, I equipped myself pretty well and then rehearsals began. I used to tell my actors, I'm just a working director, I don't know, but my director may come in the future and I'm just working with you in rehearsals. You were acting as though you were there in the interim before they get a real... Exactly, that's, oh. that's, that's what was in my mind, because I knew yeah. someone would come eventually. But as we were asked and all that, okay, these actors respected me way too much, maybe because they loved the script in the beginning. So they were like, these brains wrote the script, so maybe they are good as well. So they, they trusted me, they really respected me. And by the time I, I got to literally work with them in rehearsals after the shooting, they thought I knew everything I was doing. Maybe I knew what I was doing, but I wasn't so sure. <laughs> but remember, we were a team of five. We have a DOP, Gomasebo Eric. We have a production manager. Imran Musabe, me the director. I had an AD, an assistant director, who was helping out in the practical works, of putting the set together, blah, 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 blah. Roy Quintado, and then the producer himself, Robert. Then we had two makeup artists, I think. One came, and another one left, and another one came. So, the beauty was, no one advised me how to direct the show. They let you do They let me do thing. my job. Okay. Like, these people I mean, are amazing. I should say the producer is very good. I've worked with him two years now. Even these previous films, one of one of them is his. But he lets you do your thing. He doesn't interfere to to wisek around or whatever. He's a guy who lets you have your space. So when he says you're gonna be the director, even if he knew I wasn't a director before, he trusted me. He had the faith that I could do it. And that was enough. That pushed me so we we showed from day one to day last and I acted as if I was a pro at what I was doing, but, <laughs> okay. but yeah. But as a director, what, what were you using to inspire you to do, to make the decisions, like use this camera angle, mm. just use this sound, yeah. did you manage the sound, you, the sound like yeah, first, the actor should face here, first that, of all, all that. Uh, I used to watch movies. Yeah. What type of movies? Like, are there specific ones that... No, I just watch anything. Any movies? I watch all kinds of movies. Okay. I don't uh, segregate any. Mm. I used to watch many movies. Before I even 
from my from the 90s I was watching movies. Yes. All my life until I became I think I did like join high school and I stopped watching them that much. Mm. I could watch like four movies every day mm-hmm. or more. So I had all the visions of what I wanted to look at. And particularly particularly for a horror film. Yeah. What were you using to inspire you for like to make it scary the way you said you wanted people to be scared? Uh no. The producer in the beginning was like I want to scare people. And in my mind, by that time, I was a producer. Mm. Because I had already started uh, this movie that is coming out. Because I joined, the, I got this film in June. And by the time you gave me this idea, I was already in rehearsals of the other film. Okay. As a producer. So I, could, I jumped on board because I was just a producer on the other side. So I could literally multitask. And uh, I knew that it was going to be another tag of what to sell a horror film. Yeah. So I knew, I didn't want to tell him that he may fail to get market for this movie, but all I did was let me make it family friendly. Have this family, this father, uh, whatever, these other 45 minutes of the film that begin the movie, don't have anything horror. It's family related. That's, that was my major goal there. Then the horror after, so the rest of the film, after 45 minutes, horror non-stop until the end. I really want to understand that what intrigues me with directors is making a decision on how the movie is going to look, yeah. how you'll set the mood of something, mm. and this will happen in a particular way. Do you be having those things in mind before, no, um, or do they just happen for you yeah, while you're on set? I'll tell you one funny thing. Most times, huh? yeah. it hardly happens to me, but most times, Directors don't know what they're going to do. They reach on set every morning and they're like, oh. Let's see what happens. Yeah, so they can even spend hours moving around, drawing hands in the air as if they're actually planning something, but they're literally not planning anything. They're trying to find out how am I going to achieve this thing. Sometimes. Yeah. Even if they are prepared. Yeah. So when you reach on set, it gives you another look and you're like, oh. Where am I going to, where am I going to really move? And then if it finds, uh, a director who gets stressed easily can be hard. But literally, uh, as an artistic director, if you're reading a script, you're visualizing. Do you do you write some of the visualize of some? Of, do you be specific about some of the visual decisions in the script? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you do that, right? Yeah, so doesn't do. that help? It does. Like they make notes aside. Me, I don't make notes. I make yeah. the notes in my head. Make them, eh, okay. Yeah, I don't write. Like you never find me with a book and taking notes on set. Eh. It's it's weird, but I don't do it. Wow. I only go with my head. Considering you're also the writer, though, yeah. everything you you do you mean you didn't know you were going to be the director, yeah. though, so that's different. Yeah. Oh, I see how the dynamic is different. Yeah. Is the next film you're doing? Have you written and directing it? Yeah. Can we talk about that? Because I'm so curious <laughs> about the lessons you've learned. Were yeah. there any problems in the first the set first film. that you have? You learned something that you're going to carry on to the next I, film I, I think in order what, for it to yeah. be better. I think what I learned more was more of making what I did better, because uh, most of what I did then, uh, I still had studied those directing techniques and all that. I had learned, I had majorly psychology and also understanding how to portray something. Okay. So, uh, what I got, what I learned more is more of 
not just about the actors now, mm. but the entire thing. Okay. You get. Okay, in Bunjaku, I could I could maybe dictate which shot I want and all that. But uh, here, uh, now I'm telling the story visually. Okay. The other I was, but not as as much as uh, as it is now. Now I go to see more light of how to speak more than just the dialogue or the movements of the actors. There is more to that. There is color. There is production design, there is different as aspects of film. So earlier on I look at Bunjaku and I'm like, oh man, I wish I knew this thing, I would have done this and this one. But it's not a bad film, yeah. It wasn't badly directed, but I see error I see errors and I'm like errors that are there are just things that need to be adjusted in the new movies I did. So it's just about learning how to work with the crew again. How to work with actors again in a better way because as see, every movie that we do we are getting better yes hopefully we, yeah, that's the goal right? yeah you're learning something like oh, this, you know. i can't even watch my next films now because i'm like oh my god because i look at the footage even before it's edited I'm like wow this is amazing. yeah you and already see the improvement exactly i see the improvement i see the because as you watch, you imagine how you did this thing yeah. with a team and you're like, wow, this was really amazing. Okay. Yeah. In Bunjoko, we would look at the footage and be like, wow, this is a very beautiful picture. Uh. Yeah. It's a very beautiful picture. And okay, to me, acting is never my problem <laughs> of actors because uh, uh, I always have an acting coach on set. Uh, I mean, in uh, the rehearsals. And more so, more so, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an acting coach myself. Okay. I know how to work with the actors to get what I want. I, uh, I can get someone who has never acted and I make them perform. Okay. Like, uh, making someone perform and be good at acting is not a problem now to me. The problem is just uh, about working with other teams of people. Because, uh, you know, you all have to be on the same page. Yeah. Directing and at some point there are some sets you'll be part, you'll be on and people will not be bas uh, basically on the same page as you because maybe didn't have enough time to prepare together so there are some things that I may have in my brain that really speak but uh, may be confusing to the other team at the moment they're just untaken yeah because right now I should say uh, I've learned, I've read, I've seen much of what those amazing whole people do to make to beat us. Yeah. And what do you think it is that they do to beat us? Uh, they, for them they everything they do tells a story. Okay. That's what they beat us up. Don't you think sometimes it's how the story is told also? Well like it's it's, it's the same way. Yeah. Every that you can tell the story yeah. in one way. Yeah. And it's well done. But for them, everything you look at on the screen tells a story. Oh, you mean everything till I had yeah. that wrong. Okay. From costume, mm. to makeup, to the weather, to props, to uh, colors, to the shots, to the acting, to the movements of the actor, movements of the camera, the uh, way they work with lights. The transitions, like everything, tells a story. 
that's where the beaters at. Yeah, that that I know. And uh, now, to this level, I know how to tell a story with all these things I've mentioned. Maybe sound I know, I can direct what I want, but I can't yeah. make it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, when you're working with a team, you may have your vision. And it, luckily enough, you can share with the people you are, you are having and all that. But since most of them are not, no, we're not the, so amazing, we're not so artistic, most of us, so they may not actually take your vision in the right perspective. Okay. So you may have a dimension of what you really want. The beautiful thing is that I thank God the actors respect me that they do what I want. And it comes out the way I want it to look, to look like. But uh, these other crew people, we, our crew people never read scripts. That's the biggest problem. They never do it? Read scripts. Oh, they should be reading. Yes, you, you bring a sound man or a camera guy or a costume person or whatever, and they didn't read a script. They, all you ask you is what happens in this scene. And the director has to explain everything to them. Yet, if they read, they would be prepared. Okay. You see, like, uh, filmmaking, let me just generalize it. All the departments. There is what they call a good film, a bad film, mm. a good film, a pretty film, and a right film. Yet, anyone, someone, uh, someone who doesn't know what they are doing can do a bad film. Example, when you're not trained at all, and all that, you can do a bad film. Now, someone who is trained, but they didn't prepare well, they will do a good film. Someone who is uh, trained, artistic, and all that, they'll make you a pretty film. But now, someone who read the script, and prepared according to the script and what the vision of the director in their respective departments will give you a right film. Like they will give you costuming that is right for the movie, camera work that is right for the movie. You know, you see with cinematography and directing and all these other things, there is dressing Mia in a certain place which is a right costume for that place and a wrong costume for that place. But you've dressed us up. A right costume and a wrong costume, but you've dressed us up. If you read the script and prepared, you you bring a right costume. If you didn't prepare with the script, you bring a wrong costume. Okay. And I since I also that. don't know much about costuming, me yeah, I do, but if the director doesn't know, they will be like, yeah, let's wear that, let's go. But me, I studied all these things pretty deep, but you can't dress my actor something until I understand why. Yeah. You can't give me a shot if mm. I understand why. You can't give me a certain style of, style of lighting and I understand why you're doing it. You can't give me anything until I understand why. Wow. Okay, that goes into a section which I really want to talk about. Yeah. Because see how much you know the corners of the industry, you covered the industry. You're now working for the industry. Yeah. So I really want to pick your brains on your thoughts on those of the industry as one. Yeah. One concept which I actually learned from film from film club when yeah. I used to go for a film club was the uptown and the downtown differences. And yeah. you mentioned it, you were saying that you know uptown people. Please yeah. tell me how that came about, the major differences between the two. Yeah. And you fall in uptown, sure. I, I, I wouldn't say I fall in uptown but where uh, do you think you fall? 
I'm, I'm, I'm general. You're general in yeah. both. Yeah. So what are the dynamic, the differences between those two? Yeah. Uptown and yeah, downtown. I remember I was writing an article about PIF. The year I was writing the good and the bad and the ugly about PIF. But I'm working for PIF What's now. What's PIF? PIF is Palais National Film Festival. Yeah. I think I've attended. It's happening again this year in a better dimension. Okay. I work for PIF mm. partially. Mm. Yeah, though I was hammering them in the beginning mm-hmm. in my blog. But yeah. Now like, you work for PIF. Yeah. You wrote a dashboard. Yeah, yeah, karma is okay. a bitch. But uh, what I can say is uh, now uptown and downtown. That thing is everywhere. Everywhere around the world. Around the world. There's yeah. the lower income uptown, people, there's the higher. Uptown, uptown, yeah. Now the difference is here. The way the professionalism these people use is what makes them different. It's what makes them? Different. Okay. An uptown person, they take time to do something. Okay. They research, they do everything organized. They, res- they don't interfere other people's job descriptions. Mm-hmm. Get a director does their job, an actor does their job, whoever does their job accordingly. They, t- they take a lot of professionalism when they're doing whatever they're doing. So in that case, they spend a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. They spend much more money because they want to do everything in order. Now, downtown, for them, they get things done. Whether in a right way or in a wrong way. Yeah. For them, they get things done. This is that. Just, that's the goal. Get, yeah. it get it done. It doesn't need to be good. Whether it's good bad, or bad. Just it's Get it done. <laughs> yeah. They're improving lately, but <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's what they are. Mm. That they will they will be like uh, they're out of time. Let's mm. shoot that thing in any way. <laughs> let's go. Give me one shot of that scene. Let's go. You get. But an upturn person will be like, I want these dimensions of this scene. Like even if where we are seated here, they will take like around twenty angles of this moment. But a downtown person will take you two or three. They want to waste time, they want to get things done. Okay. The uptown person wants to be so artistic, to make all these adjustments, blah, 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 you know. They, 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 they follow Hollywood. The, these people don't follow any Hollywood at For all. them, they do what they think can make what things. What they think can yeah. make sense. So that's that. the difference. So you think you're right in the middle there? I'm not in the middle. Where are you? Uh, my brains are uptown. Your brains are uptown? Yeah. My heart is the film industry of Uganda. But me, uh, I wouldn't say I've worked with downtown or uptown, but even if I'm working for a downtown company or an uptown company, I want to be organized. I don't rush. Like if a producer is hiring me, I, I take enough time to give them the good results. If we didn't give Bonjako good time, we wouldn't have looked at the Yeah. Yet, uh, my producer of these studios is not known as an uptowner. Okay. And I don't want to say he's downtown. I don't know why he falls, but he's not an uptown person. Okay. But he's organized. Okay. He, he, he knows how to work with people. So there are those people who are organized and they follow the right procedure. But now, the question is how do they do their moves? Me, I would not be on set and I rush because of pressure from a producer. Mm. I will just tell them one thing, if you want something good, keep calm. If you want something bad, I'll do it, but I don't want to do it. 
Mm-hmm. You're doing it wholeheartedly. Yeah. Another thing I really want to ask about is the financial structures of the industry. Yeah. First of all, how much did it cost you to make Bunjako? Uh, Bunjako, actual or the, the, the okay, uh, what I think is we spent less when we were shooting, but uh, the, the production is still in debt, literally. Really? Yeah. Like uh, we had a successful clip, and we had all these things, but there's still things that are still being paid by still the producer. Being paid for. Yeah. So make an estimate of the entire payment. Even uh, okay, what I could say is, uh, if we spent five to seven million when we were shooting the movie, then I think it's in it's around fifteen million. Which is not cheap. Yeah, it's not. So cheap. future films, you know, this is one of the things where I think people run away from future films. Yeah, yeah. What was the most expensive part of Bunjako? It's an expensive part. I think it was getting the cameras. The cameras, eh? Yeah, it was, it was a tight, another tight thing because uh, we could spend around 100,000 every day on just the camera. Now, how did you get funded to even start with production? Uh, the producer had his some money and then friends who could actually give him. He didn't have investors, but he had friends. How is your next film being funded? Uh, now, I have a number of them, but uh, the one from the same producer, he still got his way. But Wait, like, you have a number of them movies coming out. Yeah. How many do you have? I have uh, one short film, two, sh- two short films. One all, I was a, all written and directed no, by you? One short film, I'm a director. Uh-huh. Another one, I'm an editor. Then uh, there is a movie from the same producer, which is coming out this year again. We is are it almost. A it's a feature. Uh, tell me more about the feature. Uh, it has a, wor- a really weird title. What's in the title? It's called Nika and Bra. Nika and Bra. Yeah. Did you did. write it? Yeah. Did you write it? Mm, I was. Yeah, I did. You had a co-writer. Where did you think? I uh, there was someone who started to write, then uh, they stopped. When I came, I took it. So Nika and Bra is a future film? Yeah. Uh, is it what you're filming right now? It's, we, are, we are almost done. I think we are remaining with around five scenes to get done. But I don't know when we shoot those Can ones. Can I ask the premise? Just it's it, like three, sen- three sentence description of Nika and Bra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I may not share that for okay, now. Okay, you can't say anything about it besides the title. Yeah. I like it when it scares people that way. Just, and you want yeah. them to wonder the way I'm wondering. Exactly. So I cannot fault you on wanting to do that. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, another one is called uh, Forbidden by a certain different producer. I was the director. I'm not the writer, but I did the screenplay. I got the script which was done, and it, I wasn't so impressed by it, so I had to make it my own. Yeah, okay. So I had to re edit everything from scratch make it fit what I want to direct. It's forbidden, forbidden love? What's the it's forbidden? Some, it's more of incest, something like that. Incest? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's something beautiful. It's, it's also coming out this year. Then there is another one called Desperate Secret uh, by a certain different producer. I was that a one director. you're doing what? Directing? I was directing. You hired Is me it a director. feature film also? It's a feature as well. So how many films have you done since between 2016 and this 2017. I have a series, I don't know when it's coming up, but we finished shooting it. It's called Chronicles of the Unseen. I was a director. I have... Uh, no wonder you have no time to blog anymore. Yeah, like, okay, the thing is, 
these days there is no chilling time <laughs> like you finish this someone wants a script or someone wants you to be on set okay so it's that tight okay and no chilling time then earlier on i used to have holidays i could be home <laughs> and chill but since uh since october i've never slept in my house up to now so, but i have to pay rent <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's that funny <laughs> Yeah. Let me ask where this question came from. How are these movies being funded? How are you able yeah. to do them? The producers are having their some money. They get so loans. Producers are the key. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They get loans. They get friends to give them some money. And you know, you do them in the low budget way. But when money comes, you go shoot for some four days, have a break for like five days or a week. Then money more money comes, you go perform four days and you get back like that. Do this man do like say I'm the friend who has invested my cash? Am I able to get it back? They have the ways. Cause so yeah. say if I'm, does the film make money at yeah. the end of the day? It does. You have to be a smart producer to make the money out of it. It's more like a, any other business. Everything is the is yeah. the producer. But lucky now. enough, like the distributors I've told you about are for cinema. Okay. For them, they are going to be distributing movies. So you come, they either pay you upfront or they sell your copies and then they give you the revenue. So if you if you are a producer who gives them films, mm. you may end up earning at least three million every month. Wow. It's not a bad it's income. Not so, it's not bad. It's, it's worth all. to pay back the debts and all that. Mm. Okay. So will, be, will be also being uh, released, I think, in June by Afro Cinema. By Afro Cinema. Yeah, people get it in libraries. I've seen it everywhere. Friends yeah. keep calling me, man, I've just seen your movie and all that. actually good enough. I want to now talk about your favorite things, you as when you used to watch movies. You mentioned before that Bala Bala Sese was one of your favorite movies. Yeah. Why? Uh, it had, uh, like? it had a feeling of belonging. It had home. Had it felt Ugandan? It felt so it? Ugandan. Like uh, it was uh, a story about you could see the village and you feel back, like you're back in Uganda, you're back home. It was artistic in my understanding. I loved it. Okay, it's, it's, it's and I want to know more things you like. Who do you look up to in the industry? Of Uganda? Yes. No one. <laughs> in Hollywood? In Hollywood, still no one. <laughs> okay, the thing is, okay, the only person I would say I would look up to is uh, James Wan. James Wan. He's a director. He's a horror. He's a horror film director. Insidious. The Conjuring. Conjuring. Yeah. I like that guy. But he's all round. He does other movies that are yeah, not horror. Yeah, Furious, eight, yes. seven, eight. That's why I was thinking action. The only reason why I like him is he's really, really great at what he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw a uh, uh, behind the scenes clip about him talking about how he directed Furious 7. I was so impressed. By the way, he describes whatever he did. Okay. I would look up to him if I would want to look at someone. But you don't want to but look up. To I, I don't look up to someone because I just I see I watch what they do. I learn. Mm. I pick a few leaves. Mm-hmm. Then I make my own wanting. You, Samuel, Cause, yeah, because I don't want to look at those people, up to those people, because I don't know what happens behind their scenes. I see with their work, I see how they describe whatever they do. But they're just an inspiration, you don't have to do what I, they're doing. No, the inspiration I have mm. is my previous art piece. Is your previous? Art piece. 
you're so bunja ko so so like no, every one even when i'm writing a script eh. i should be honest with you eh. my current script can't be better than the previous can't be less better than the previous because i based on what was my previous and now what's my current i i look at keeping on getting better wow. so um the previous your previous work is, is your the inspiration, inspiration for to what's tomorrow. to come exactly okay. that's how i do so if you ask me tell me uh, your top five best directors i mean not only the people the ones people know much eh, but you you because i don't have your i don't literally favorite. go to follow those people eh. i just watch different art pieces and i'm like yeah okay this one makes sense, this one makes sense to me. because the what happens about what i understand about filmmaking it's not about you hoping what other people are doing it's not it's but not. it's about learn the basics learn the uniqueness and craft your art okay that's that's all i do so if i learned this scene that's uh, i may have a dining scene and i'll make sure it's different in every room because i want to make a difference I don't have a style that I use this style actually do this do this because I don't want to be defined that this is the guy's style. I want to be done. That's not a bad thing, Sam. No, it's not a bad thing, but it ends up looking like you're doing the same shit all the time. Mm, yeah, there's some directors have hated for looking the yeah. same. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing all the time, but if you keep on getting dynamic, like I know that uh, for the past uh, now the three movies, the three to four movies I'm doing, they're all different. Okay. Style of directing is different. Style of between Bujako, then Nika and Bra, I think there's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference. Like, I always try to make sure how would I tell this thing differently. So I, I sit with my DOP, I sit with my team, and I'm like, okay, for this film, I want to flow with this. For this one, flow with this. Want to flow with this. Okay. Yeah. Because you know, we don't want we don't work with an all experienced crew, but yeah. uh, the moment you, all of you understand what you really want to do, things go, things go right. Yeah. The moment you have the first main good people. If you have a good director, a good producer, a good camera person. Actually, someone who can do camera and lighting, at the same time a good sound personnel. Now all these other things, you can make them. Because I can direct how the costuming is going to be. I can direct how the makeup is going to be. I can direct how the set is going to be designed. Together with my DOP. If those first people are good, then I'm good to run. All the other ones, even if they are starters, I'll, I'll get all my brains, I put them on the table and we run. Yeah. I think I've now understood you as a filmmaker. What advice would you have for people who are coming into the industry? Uh, first of all, uh, this is not a playground. It's my playground because I'm used to it. Okay. I know how to juggle the hassles. But if you're coming and you want a silver plate where you're going to eat everything safely and smoothly and all that, it's not going to happen because you have to fight. Yeah. I have people I mentor, but I don't spoon feed them. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I make them learn things that are not the hard way, but the right way. But you don't expect everything to really come on your table. You have to push harder. It's not an industry where people will help you. I don't help people. I only share my thoughts. Then they help themselves. They should be able to help themselves. Exactly. So if you can't help yourself... Is that because you helped yourself? Not because of that. I, I had no one shared their thought with me. 
But the reason why I do it is because uh, what I realize is this. Uh, if I was mentored by someone fully, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. Because you think that has a help? It helps in this way because your mentor will tell you what they want you to know at the moment. Mentors never want you to be better than them. But when you want to explore more about the world, it's literally beyond. To be honest, uh, I would say uh, some of those people I, I was like, these guys are big and listen, they do amazing stuff and all that. Some of them can consult me about things. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Not because they don't know what they are doing, but because I, I'm in a position where I can also share knowledge to them. Why? I explored, I, I went beyond the limits. You see, I think uh, my producer, Bonjaku, made a very big mistake of making me learn directing. Because it pushed me to explore a lot more than what I, what I had. So why is that a big mistake? Because uh, I want to be better than everyone. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm, I'm so working. now you're going to become too much. I, I, I have to become too much. That's what I'm fighting for. Like, how do I get better? How do I get better? How do I get, how do I get better? Exactly. <laughs> that's not a bad path. It's, it's not a, a bad path, but uh, imagine if I was blogging still yeah. and all I had was my blog and all that. Maybe the industry would still be uh, promoted in a really good way and all that. But now yeah. you're just reaching to be the best. Yeah, because I have one problem. When I learn something, I want to be very good at it. Mm. I don't learn and I leave it there. Mm. I don't learn just bits of something. Like all these skills I have, I make sure I learn them to the fullest. So what this means about is, as long as I'm still seeing there is a director who is better, my hustle won't stop. <laughs> because I, I will want to get to the top. Again, like uh, the person who whose script I saw and I loved when I didn't know how to write has never made a film. Really? Because he didn't push as I pushed. The movie that they were shooting then, that I only featured a few scenes and then it never got completed. Up to now, it's never done. But he's, I can still call him a director. But then when he sees me, he's like, okay. You have like five films under your Exactly. Film. So there are people who, have, who are legendary. They have all those awesome movies and all that. And uh, we'll live to praise them and really be grateful about what they're doing. But we, the young people, we're also trying to fight hard to make sure we tell stories in a better perspective. Because now uh, what matters is how do we tell our stories. Because we have all the equipment, we have everything we need, but how do we tell the stories? See, if we are perfectionists, it will be beautiful. Because we have a, a lot of lazy people, a lot of lazy teams. That's what kills us. That you, you may be the director or the writer or an actor or what, and you're aiming for the big, best thing. But because all these people behind you or ahead of you, unless they're doing whatever they're doing, they'll also pull you down. This film is a teamwork thing. If your director is a lazy one who doesn't want to train you as an actor, you'll not be a better performer. You'll be like, that, yeah, that's workable, we can go with that, then you'll go.
And you'll never be as good as you have to be. But if the person who is working with you is also as aggressive, then you love good work. Because we have all that it takes to have amazing productions with our low budgets. So if we can if we can literally pull off those productions with the little we have, what happens if we have all that we need? But we are being lazy all the time. Almost every department is lazy, you know. There are things that a writer bypasses and they have to be really rectified. There are things that a director bypasses and they have to be rectified. Some of us to the DOP, some of us to the... We want to be comfortable. Like, when... Uh, we don't want to go the extra mile of doing what is hard. So when, the, when, the, when the director tells you, I want this shot from this angle, and you're like, no. Lighting will not work. Yes, you can light, but you don't, you don't want to move the light. So you'll be like, no. Leave it like that, and then the scene will appear normal and basic. But if you took the extra money, literally, because you see, these people with young brains, they are so much inspired by Hollywood, and they want to achieve almost the same thing. So they come with all these ideas. So they want you to pan this camera from the flower, and it comes to reveal these people. But a normal DOP in Uganda will be like, let's just make a medium shot, uh, close up, close up, and we go. Yet the other kid had a, a different, beautiful perspective of introducing this scene through the flower, through this arm. But because the DOP will be like that, we can, we can go without that. Pe- people don't know our script, blah, 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 blah. That's what they usually tell you. Some of us, the costume people and all that. Uh, I've had a chance to, uh, to the people I work with, I, just, I try to share my brains of what I think is right to follow. You see, I can have a costume personnel, I can have a makeup, I can have a community, I can have whatever. But I, have, uh, I first have a word with them, I share with them what I know about their department. And how they should prepare. So that they could also be in line with what I really want to look at. Okay. Like if they say this person is doing costume, like let's have a word or two, the seat, and then I interview them again. After proving them that you don't know much, then I tell them what I think they should follow. I give them references they should follow them. We have something good. Okay. Because I, I try to pull them up with. Because I know if they're not as up as we are, if everyone just if I let everyone just do whatever they are doing, we'll have something basic but not amazing. It doesn't mean that just because we have a money factor we should also downsize our quality. See me uh, my producer says I'm expensive in terms of being on set, like not payment, yeah. because I take my time. Okay. My DOP tells me, yes, you take my, t- you take a lot of time. When I get a Hollywood budget, I will call you for a set. But I always want to achieve the best outcome. Yeah, I like if I want to spend seven days to shoot a film, and I want 15 days, just because I want to have something good. So people should just stop being lazy in the industry and work hard. Like follow your job descriptions. It doesn't ha- it doesn't hurt for you to spend twenty MBs and research about your description. You learn what you have to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we've run out of time, Samuel. Okay. Thank you so much, Samuel, for yeah. coming here and talking to me. I hope you've enjoyed talking about self. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Thank you, thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. This has been Cinema Red Film. I've been interviewing Sam Chizito Samuel Savia who did Bunjako. You should check at the libraries and find yeah, yeah. his movie. Everywhere.
Yes, everywhere. And then his other movies will be coming up. I'll post them on everywhere of mine. Nick and Braz, you've heard. I really wonder what that's about, but yeah. we will see. But thank you. Bye. Yeah.